Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the 12 Questions Podcast. My name is Jeff Buck. I'm a motorsports writer for The Athletic. And each week I ask the same 12 questions to a different race car driver. Up next is Ryan Priest of Stuart Haas Racing. Uh, if you're listening to this before Talladega, I thought it would be appropriate to have him on since uh, he is returning to a super speedway for the first time since his big crash at Daytona last month. And I didn't know this at the time of the interview, but turns out he is running the Ricky Bobby Wonder Bread car from Talladega Nights. So it just overall seemed like a good week to have him on the podcast. And let's go ahead and jump right into our conversation. All right, everybody. I'm here with Ryan Priest, and uh, so happy to be doing this with you. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. A lot awesome. better than I was a month ago. Yeah, I, I, I bet. Uh, okay, so the first one is um, you must pick one chore or obligation to do every day for a year, but if you make it the whole year doing this, you never have to do it again for the rest of your life. So what would you like to knock out forever? I mean, the first thing that comes to mind would be cleaning stalls for my wife. Cleaning stalls for the yeah, horses? We have, we have horses. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I don't enjoy, I wouldn't like, I don't like to do, my wife, luckily, she loves to do that, but the days where I have to do it, I don't like it. Yeah. It's not my thing. I like oh, to God. stay on my side of uh, our property, which is in my garage. So, <laughs> How many horses are there? Uh, we actually, so we have three. three. We have three full size and a mini horse and a donkey. That's a lot of poop. That is a lot of poop. <laughs> yeah, so much poop that once the, uh, where we dump it gets pretty full, I got to move it with a skid steer, so. Oh my gosh. Yeah, there's a lot. Wow. Great fertilizer though. Oh, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can you describe how you are as a passenger in a streetcar? Terrible. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. I am the, I mean, typically that's why I, I end up driving all the time. Uh, I don't let other people drive, but I am that. Why are you braking so late? Oof, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a terrible passenger. Okay. All right. Not riding with you that, yep. right? Making a personal note. Yep. Uh, but a great driver. Yeah. Oh, you I need bet. to be driven somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet. Uh, what is an app on your phone that you love using and think more people should know about? Yeah, I don't venture out and and find different apps. I guess um, you know what if you if you have a newborn, apparently my wife's the one who found this. Uh, but but if you have a newborn, it is. Ooh, I don't even know what the name of this app is called. Um, it's it's to help keep track of when you give them bottles, change oh, yeah. their diapers. I don't know. There's an app out there for that, just so you guys know. But it, it's a uh, it's great. Makes that is one of the most clutch apps because yep. you can see what the other person's doing. Mm -hmm. They put the notes in. Okay, poop. Okay, they were fed this time. You see all. You can <clears throat> keep the analytics in there. Yep. And we we got to this point, and we ended up doing this because when my wife was sleeping, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna take her for for a couple hours, go to sleep. And she, she was crying, so I'm like, oh, she must be hungry. Must be hungry. 
Oh, she needs a diaper change. Oh, your diaper's not wet. And I just kept giving her a little bit of food, you know, and, and I overfed her. So the next 36 hours was terrible. Oh, no. Yeah. So that that's when we found that app and, and decided this that would be a great idea. <laughs> it comes in, comes in very handy. Yep. What do you do to make yourself feel better when you're having a crappy day? That's tough to say. I would say right now, most people have always told you that like when you have kids, when you go home, everything just kind of... It, no matter how bad the day is, it, it ends up being better, right? So I would say that that, uh, if you come home from a bad day, uh, when you look at your, like for me in my instance, my daughter, um, you hold her and you look at her in the eyes and you think, okay, this isn't so bad when they smile at you. So um, yeah. I would say that or, you know, before or even now, sometimes I like to go in my garage and I just tinker with my cars. So yeah. that's a good way to kind of get your mind off things. Yeah, two good outlets for sure. So um, I've been asking readers to give me like Dear Abby style advice column questions, and I've been matching them up with each driver throughout the course <clears> of the year. So I thought this one might be um, good for you to, to help this person with. So they said, my husband races at a local enduro twice a year, but he gets very upset when his car is damaged, so much so that he has gotten rid of the car and stopped racing. But I often catch him looking at new cars online. How can I just convince him to get back into it despite his fear about the damage? Well, I think it's more of the expense, right? Um, cause even, even when I would, uh, race mine, you don't want to wreck it cause it's extremely expensive and we're not talking like a couple hundred dollars. We're talking thousands of dollars. So I understand the frustration that he'll go through. Uh, obviously the passion, um, the nights where you work on it and tinker on it, those are, that's what really, um, you know, as a racer, what you enjoy doing, right? Uh, because when you, when you work on it and, and you end up like, let's say finding speed, making the car really fast and you show up and you're the fastest car, like that's, that's satisfying, right? So, um, you know, yeah, she should definitely convince him to do it. And, at the end of the day, if it if it's what brings you enjoyment, you need to you need to continue doing it. Okay, I like that. So this next one is sort of like a lifestyle societal debate type thing, and and so we often um, hear people say things like, "Oh, you know, these young drivers don't work on their cars anymore," and you know, it's sort of viewed as like a separation by generation in some ways. Um, so, is that still important in today's age for? younger drivers coming up to work on their cars and if you believe it is then why why is that important yeah so i think that that depends uh you can look at it multiple different ways and and we're in a we're in a time where you can pretty much go out and and rent race cars right you don't have to worry about that so a lot of racers have shifted towards being team owners and and renting race cars to young up-and-coming drivers that have funding or of what kind so they've kind of transitioned to that but my, my thing, the reason I've done this, uh, and I'll use this as an example, is I remember you know, 10 years ago, we were leading the points. We had won five, or five races in the season for the touring series at that point. And I was at Thompson, which was one of my better racetracks, and I was running like 28th. I shouldn't have been running 28th. Hmm. Why is that? You know what I mean? Um, and that kind of hit me is no matter how good of a race car driver you may be, you need to have a fast race car. Mm. And at that point, um, that was when I was like, okay, I need to figure out how to give myself fast race cars. I need to pay attention. I worked with a lot of really smart people at the time. So, and, and that's, so I guess going back to answer your question, you don't have to, 
but you need a big budget if you're not going to. <laughs> but if you want to be a successful race car driver uh, and not necessarily have the funding or a lot of money to go along with it, you better figure out how to give yourself a fast race car. That way, when you win races, owners are going to say, hey, I want that guy in my race car. You know, that that's from a local short track hero to, to you know, moving up into a touring series or anything beyond that. You better have the respect of owners, the people you're racing against, um, and that's really how I I went about doing it. Man, that's that why. A fantastic answer. I love that. Thank you so much for that. That's great. Um, so this next one's a wild card question. You know, um, after your Daytona wreck, we heard you know your perspective of things that happened and what that was like for you. Um, I'm not sure I heard what your wife had to go through. I mean, your daughter was what a week old at the time or something, two weeks old. Yeah, two weeks old. And she's at home watching yep. the race. I'm sure. Um, what after debriefing with her and everything after you got home, what, what was that like for her? Well, um, I would never want her to really feel like that again, because to be honest with you as a race car driver, and I'm sure a lot of us other racers, we don't think about the consequences because we love this sport. We love, we love, you know, we're very competitive and that feeling that high of highs when you, when you're successful. Right. So that's all we chase. Now, on the other side, you have somebody, you know, whether if some of us have wives, girlfriends or whatever, they're the ones who are kind of sitting there helpless, right? And I know after talking to her, when she watched that happen, like as violent as it was, I mean, we've all seen our significant others wreck or, or whatever. Um, so you just expect the person to get out. But with how violent it really did look, you know, I can imagine how she felt, which was Brian, I mean, I hope. I don't want to say I don't think he's, you know, dead, but she really felt that I was really hurt. So yeah. seeing me get out obviously was was good felt good for her, but my my first thought was I I need to let Heather know that I'm okay. Yeah. Um but yeah, even even when I watch that wreck to this day, you know, I think of it as a race car driver is it's just another wreck, right? Yeah. But I do understand to the to the to my wife, to many people out there, when they see that, that's not a, that's not a normal thing. Right. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, to me, we, we see, I'm part of this. I've wrecked a lot of race cars in, in my day. Like we all have, we've all destroyed race cars. So we don't think about the consequences, but when I look at that and I put her hat on and, and see it from her eyes. Yeah. I think it, you know, I can understand why she was so nervous. Yeah. Wow. That has to be something, especially with the baby, factor yeah. and all that stuff um in your career what is the deal that came closest to happening that ended up not working out to be honest with you no, nothing really straight rings a bell i mean most of the stuff that i've really pursued they've they've happened i, I mean whether one way or another i've had to make them happen mm -hmm. but i'm sure there could have been opportunities like that where i could have said hey every let me rephrase that every path that i've gone down i've chosen hmm. um so yeah, I don't I, – and I think that just comes from who I am as a person, right? If I if I see something and I want to go do that and I think that's what's going to drive me to be successful, that's, that's the path I'm going to go down and I'm going to pursue it and I'm going to make it happen. And that's really I, – I can't sit here and say to you, man, I don't, I don't think that, you know, I have any, any moments where I've said, man, what happens if I did this? And that was really the goal of, of every decision that I've ever made. I've never wanted to look back and say, man, what happens if I did this instead of this? Yeah. So I guess to answer that, I've 
I don't have one. Mm. I don't have any regrets or any what ifs. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a wonderful thing. Um, who is a person you would be starstruck by when meeting them? Well, actually, that happened a long, long time ago. So my whole journey into the Cup Series is different from many others, um, and I had to go through the NASCAR approval process. I didn't just go into a truck and do half, you know, go into this truck, then this Xfinity car, and then this, you know, Cup car. If people look, take a deep dive. I did uh, three Xfinity races, and then I went right to a Cup car. And uh, I remember it was in 2015. It was Jeff Gordon's last race at Homestead, and Kevin Harvick, I'm taking a piss before the race, and Kevin Harvick walk up, walks up next to me. This is way before I knew Kevin, and I was starstruck. I mean, I'm just sitting there, you know, taking a piss, and the guy's <laughs> right next to me, you know. It's so that was the moment that I was the most starstruck, um, just because for me, I, I like sports, I like movies, um, but really – I idolize race car drivers like Tony Stewart, Kevin Harvick, Rusty Wallace, Mark Martin, you know, guys, badasses that I grew up watching. So being around people like that, even Kenny Schrader, um, I had a, I rented a shop from David Reagan on in, in North Carolina when I first moved down and Ken Schrader apparently owned that all those shops before David. And when Kenny just pulled in one day in his black Impala and I just see this, like all I see is a blacked out, tinted impala pull in and i'm just like who's this guy uh-huh. and i see ken schrader pop out i'm like holy shit <laughs> you know sorry if i swore but it's just like those those are the people that idolize so i guess i get starstruck and i i hear store i remember stories that kenny would tell me and and then i hear him on the dale jr download and i'm just like hell yeah you know that's cool that is badass i love that yep. uh what is the single most important skill a race car driver can possess Man, I don't know. You need to possess so many. And, and you know, I, I'm somebody who enjoys looking at, like, even the racers that I race against or young racers. I see their strengths, but you also see everybody has a weakness, right? I don't know. There's not just one. You need you need a lot of different ones. And I would say my my strength is passing, um, you know, for, for whatever it is. I can – that's always been my strength whether it was and a lot of that comes from up north where we raced we have a handicap system Hmm. where every week we could not start above 15th and i remember it was a thing that i enjoyed doing where how many laps could i get to the lead you know it take sometimes it would take seven or eight laps right so passing is definitely a skill you need but every driver has different different strengths for Hmm. sure that's really interesting. Wow. I, I, I was not actually familiar with that. That's pretty cool. What life lessons from a young age stick with you and affect your daily decisions as an adult? Yeah, I would say one life lesson I had. My father's pretty uh, – he's, he's definitely taught me to be somebody who doesn't want to sit down, doesn't want to – doesn't stop thinking or, or working. So I would say no matter what I was doing, whether there was nothing to do, it's find something to do. Uh, so work, working, um, you know, where you see a lot of people want to sit, sit down or not really do anything. I I don't know if that's a life skill that, that you'd want, but that's, that's kind of mine. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, so each week I ask a driver, give me a question for the next person. I won't bore you with why, but you're got screwed up. So I have to reuse one from earlier in the year. Um, so this was from AJ Allmendinger and he wants to know, uh, what would be your bucket list race win? Doesn't have to be NASCAR specifically and why? 
Yeah, you know, the thing that keeps popping up in my head would be the Daytona 500, which is kind of ironic um, just because of that whole deal at Daytona. But, um, yeah, I would would have to say the Daytona 500 just because a lot of the memories that pop up in my head as a child when my dad, my family, we used to go racing and we'd go to Florida. And when we went to Florida, we used to stop at Daytona, go to Daytona USA and do all that stuff. So a lot of memories that I have growing up are there, but as well as every time for whatever it is, for whatever reason it is, going through that tunnel, it just kind of, it's so cliche to say it gives you goosebumps, but it really does. So yeah. that's the pinnacle of, of our sport. And if I could win there, that'd be, that'd be pretty wild. Yeah, no kidding. No yeah. kidding. That'd be a great story. Um, so the next one I'm doing is with Chase Elliott. Um, do you have a question that I might be able to ask him? Ooh, it needs to be good. I need a good one. I'm, I appreciate you putting some thought to it. Yeah, I want to base it around the Snowball Derby. I don't know how to word it, but where if you were able to win the Snowball Derby this year, where would that rank? I don't know, finish that. You can finish that however you want to. I don't know how to word it. How Sorry. would it rank compared to your other... Uh... Your other snowball yeah, derby, it's right? Been a while, yeah. right? So yeah. You only come in every now and then, and how yeah. difficult it is. And okay. Okay. Yeah. That'll be good. Well, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate your your time doing that. Yeah. Thank you. All right, everybody. There you have it. Ryan Priest on the twelve questions, and as you heard there, Chase Elliott will be the next one up. And I can also tell you that after Chase Elliott will be Carson Hosevar. So those are the next two after this: Chase Elliott and Carson Hosevar. Gosh, and after those guys, I think there's only three more left for the entire season. And hopefully we'll be able to end with Landon Castle as usual to keep up that tradition despite him not being a driver this year. But hopefully again in the future, we'll at least check in with him and see what's going on there. Anyway, that is all for this week. Thanks as always for listening. I will talk to you next time on the 12 Questions Podcast.